2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations.
3: I have a bad history on Christmas <laughs> Eve of like just going too hard, being exciting. The excited, the family's over, I start too early. And every year my wife's like, I need you to be able to stay awake and help me put the gifts under the Christmas tree this year. And I never make it. I'm always blacked out, passed out, like done, and I can't do it. I don't feel that great because I've eaten and drank too much. So I would say really every Christmas Eve for the last four or five years, I've kind of been like that a little bit.
2: <laughs> See, I'm picturing this this effort by Chris to recreate the scene in Elf where he tries to put the star on the top of the tree and ends up going just torso first into the middle of the tree. I assume that was last
3: year. Hell, I can't remember any of it. It was. It was. It came up the or other day on my ago. podcast once again, but it's a we can we can play it again. It's a tradition unlike any other. That's what we're gonna go after once again. <laughs> So you're going to get high and drunk on Christmas Eve and pass out. I I mean, I'm hoping I don't pass out, but that's been the, that's been the routine. And like where it's gotten to so bad. And like I've said, it's become like my family's kind of alert for it to where like the last two years, I believe I've like snuck away and disappeared. Right. It was kind of like one of those, like where we still had some family in the house and I was like, whoa, I am really fucked up. Okay. Okay. I got to go lay in the bed for I got to go lay in the bed for a minute and just and just rest for a second or two and then you know it's like my wife comes in like an hour and a half later like oh there you are we've been wondering and I'm like oh in," and then it's over so hopefully I can make it tomorrow what they need to do is get some blue
2: silly string because that's what they did to Todd Packer, the office Christmas party season two, the, <laughs> the amazing, what do they call that? Uh, I was just watching it recently when a Yankee swap Yankee swap Todd Packer shows up with mistletoe in a very strategically placed location and gets drunk off his ass and passes out and they spray silly string all over his head before they go to <laughs> the, poor Richards for even more alcohol. That'll teach that's me season two. Yeah. That's season two. Yeah. So I'm going to send Danielle overnight a can of Silly String to spray on your giant head. I probably should send a case, frankly, yeah, to need cover the You need thing. a lot, right. And then, <laughs> all right. Um, well, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Last week, Chris was 13-3. That had to be your best straight up.
3: I would think so. That had to be. Right. I would 12 think and four so. 12-4
2: for me. So I, I still have a 10-game lead with three weeks to go. I have a feeling I'm not going to piss it away. 12-game lead against the spread. You are clinging to a game-and-a-half lead on the best bets. We were both 1-2. and two. Although I thought we were 2-1. and one. I don't know. I can't remember. No, who saved us? Cincinnati saved us from going 0-3. Thank you, Cincinnati Bengals, as Chris would say. Or we would have both been 0-3 in best bets last week yet again. All right, let's get to it. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. 16 games. Crazy week. A lot of Saturday games. Three Sunday games, one Monday game, Thursday game. We'll start with Thursday night football. Jaguars at Jets. Weather yeah. an issue. Zach Wilson against right. Trevor Lawrence. The line has moved. The Jets are now two-point favorites against the Jaguars. Who do you
3: like? Yeah, I, I, the weather is a factor here. I mean, I, I think you have to kind of take this into account. It sounds like it's going to change the game here in the Northeast. It's it's windy. As, it's going to be windy as hell you know there's gale warnings and i think that's going to have to affect the passing game a little bit and that's where i think it does become interesting too uh, the jaguars do not stop the run well they're not it's one of the disappointments of their team or their season is interior defensive line play and the ability to stop the run almost everybody's run the ball on them and the jets are kind of all over the place running the football they're not a great running team but they've shown the ability to run the team on the lesser run-stopping defenses in the league. So, you know, in that department there, that's where I go, ooh, well, the Jets, you know, they might be able to do something in the run game for sure. The Jaguars got a big offensive line, way bigger than the Jets' defensive line, and this is going to be your typical case of, like, size or speed and who wins out in that department. Haven't really seen anybody run the ball consistently well in the Jets all season long. That's a tough group right there, and their speed usually wins out. Uh you know, at home with the weather, I think the Jets are a better football team overall. Of course, the thing that worries me is Zach Wilson making that one or two plays where you just go, "What the hell are you thinking?" But I'm going to ride with the Jets in this one, 20 to 17, and a gotta have it moment for them at home. I
2: I uh, I don't know that you can see that. You probably can't. You also see my other scores: Jets 20 to 17. We spend way too much time working together. I feel about it the same way you do. The Jets need this one more than the Jaguars. I feel like the Jaguars understand at some level they can slip up and still have Week 18 be the de facto AFC South championship game. The Jets can't afford to lose another one. They're at home. They're more accustomed to this kind of weather. They live in it. They work in it. They play in it. Robert Sala... Willing through his personality, the team to just get focused and do what needs to be done to be a Jaguars team that hasn't won three in a row since twenty seventeen, the year they almost went to the Super Bowl. They've won two in a row, which is a major accomplishment given where that franchise has been in recent years, and they've been so up and down and all over the place. I just don't I don't see them getting to three. I don't see them getting this win. Yeah. I don't see the Jets falling under five hundred. And I see the Jets getting a narrow victory, but enough to cover the two-point spread. Jets 20, Jaguars 17. So we're in agreement on that one. Let's shift it to Saturday, 1 p.m. Eastern. Let's see if it lasts. 1 p.m. Eastern, the Bills at the Bears eight and a half point favors, but 40.5 over under weather is going to be an issue. The bill's leaving a day early because it's going to be windy and it's going to be snowy and it's going to be cold. and It's going to be miserable. Josh Allen throwing lasers through any and all conditions. Justin Fields running circles around people in any and all conditions. I assume you're going to pick the bills to win. The question is, do you pick the bears to cover? Cause you said yourself on Sunday, anytime
3: Justin Fields is playing, the bears are going to cover. It, it's scary. It's scary. And I'm, I, one thing I'm not going to do is make it a best bet. I got the Bills covering. I do. I do. But I'm not going to make it a best bet because I've been burned too many times by Justin Fields now where I just go, oh, my gosh, that, the game should be over, and he makes a miraculous run or play, and you just go, well, they're they're still in this thing. It's, a, it's amazing. It really is. You're right as far as the weather and Josh Allen. I don't think it's really going to affect either one of these teams unless it just slows down the track. The field gets so muddy and sloppy that – Maybe a Justin Fields can't run around to his total potential, but if it's just cold and windy, I don't think it's going to matter a whole lot to these teams. Like you just talked about a little bit with the Jets. They're used to these elements. They are that. Uh, This is the kind of defense, as far as the Bears are concerned, when I look at it and go, uh, these are the kind of teams Josh Allen sometimes can just kind of beat by himself. It doesn't even matter what the game plan is. You get pressure, but there's not enough you know, marquee pass rushers on the team to actually contain them or tackle them when they get the pressure, you know. And then, hey, we might have covered him for a second or two seconds, but then he broke the pocket and now people are open. Um, So I I think the Bills will move the ball consistently on the Bears. I mean, they do it against everybody. And the other thing I'll just say as far as why I'm picking the – I'm going 30-17 to Bills here. I do think, you know, the Bills will have a plan – As far as Justin Fields, his scrambling, they will be disciplined. I've seen them do that against these running quarterbacks. And the other thing they have in their favor, Mike, is they play a ton of zone defense. So they'll all be looking at him, which I think at least limits like 70-yard runs. And it's instead 17-yard runs and 10-yard runs. (laughs) It's funny. Yet again, we're on the same track, although the difference is –
2: I've got the garbage time touchdown for the Bears to make yeah. it 30-24. I hear more. you. Right. Somehow, someway, Justin Fields making something happen. Once the Bills are up comfortably, Fields not giving up. Fields wanting to show that he can compete with the likes of Josh Allen and maybe give everyone a glimpse of what could happen next year when the Bills have draft picks and cap space to put better players around him. I expect the Bills to win this one, though. The one seed is within their grasp. They may stumble the following Monday night at Cincinnati. They're not going to stumble on Saturday afternoon at Chicago we both agree on that we just disagree on who covers i've got the bears you've got the bills but it just it should be a fun game you know weather games are fun unless they're three nothing you want to still want to see scoring yes. you want excitement right. it's fun to see something that looks different than what we're used to so we'll see what happens right. that's what made the bills game last year
3: last like week way. great right i mean it was it was snowy and cold but it wasn't so annoying to the fact that where it, it ruined the game and we got to still see Tua and Josh Allen make incredible plays. And that's you're right, that's when it's at its best.
2: Atlanta Falcons at the Baltimore Ravens. Desmond Ritter start number two. Tyler Huntley still banged up. Shorter injury this time. Lamar Jackson still hasn't practiced after suffering that PCL injury in his knee a couple of weeks ago. The Ravens are seven-point favorites after losing to the Browns last week. They're now a game behind the Bengals. So they're going to want to keep pace with Cincinnati Falcons still alive in the NFC South. The over under 35.5. Another day where another game where on a day that the weather is going to be bad, pretty much in the entire Eastern part of the country, they're going to be playing outdoors in Baltimore. Do the Ravens win? Do the Ravens cover?
3: Chris? I mean, do you got any lean or feel? It doesn't seem like we're going to see Lamar Jackson, right? I mean, again, well, I, we're not going to see Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I haven't I dug so. in. I, I think and, if he's
2: not practicing, right. he didn't practice yesterday. Uh, or the day before, I mean, it's a Saturday game, so everything gets pushed back yeah. a day. Right. I, I, I think that he's not going to play. I'd be surprised if he does. Yeah.
3: I would be too. I would. Uh, and if he did play by some miraculous, you know, chain of events, uh, I mean, I I do think Baltimore will dominate this football game, but yeah, I'm picking it as in that we're going to see Tyler Huntley, And I do, I think this is like, I, I mean, I think it's a perfect matchup for the Ravens. From the standpoint of, hey, we know Atlanta wants to run the football. Desmond Ritter, he's they don't wanna throw the ball with him. They're gonna manage him and try to, you know, slowly grow him here. They're not gonna to put too much on his plate nor can that passing offense, you know, do a whole lot anyways. And I think if you, you drop back too many times, you'll ruin the game, and he will throw an interception or strip sack fumble. But I, I just I can't imagine Atlanta, as much as I like their run game, I don't think they're going to run on the Baltimore Ravens, and I don't think there's enough there in the pass game to scare Baltimore out of run defenses. And on the other side of the ball, I just think we'll see, a, you know, the Ravens run game again. I think there's some pod- positives there. And I think Tyler Huntley will have more success throwing the ball against this defense compared to Cleveland's defense, uh, which is which is definitely better than Atlanta. I, I'm going to take the Ravens here in this one, 20 to 10, um, and uh, I got them covering. A little scared with Tyler Huntley in that point spread, but I, I'm going to have them have them cover.
2: Again, same page, same idea, 21-10. I just think the Ravens understand that after pissing down their leg, to use one of your favorite terms in that Saturday game at Cleveland that I thought they would win and win easily they got to get their act together they can't afford to fall two games behind the Bengals they need to be in striking distance for week 18 in order to win that game and then win the division because they've already beaten the Bengals once before this year so 21-10 I expect Tyler Huntley I expect to see some some you know better offensive play than what we saw they had a bunch of weird little things happen that came together to cause them to lose that game they'd get something going and it would fall apart justin tucker misses a field goal had another one blocked never misses field right. goals from yeah it's just it was weird it Doing was just an interception kind of of on the five days. yard
3: line right you know that i mean there was, yeah. yeah you're right there was a lot of things that, that game they were playing it to win 13 10 16 13 you miss two field goals you throw an interception on the five yard line going, going in and you're playing that style of game you're you lose that's just plain and simple and that's where they they blew their opportunity. Speaking of the Bengals, they are at New England, where
2: Cincinnati is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The Patriots still reeling from whatever the hell that was that they tried to do in Las Vegas, 41 and a half over under. Bengals are looking better and better each week. They fell down 70-nothing to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and came back and blew the doors off of them. Can the Bengals put another nail in? in the Patriots 2022 coffin, Chris?
3: I think they can. I mean, I'm going to pick them to win, but there's a few elements that scare me that I think are worth at least diving into a little. One, the Patriots' pass rush. It's still not a great Bengals offensive line. And with Uche and Zedaria Smith, I mean, it's one of the better duos as far as pass rushers in all football. Uche looks like he's about to be a, a superstar pass rusher. They've, they they might have hit gold here as far as drafting him uh, out of Michigan two years ago. Uh, so that worries me a little bit. And here's the other element that worries me. You know, a little bit what we saw last week, Mike, and you've heard me with this concern before, the offense – and the base, you know, they're conservative offense. They are. They play to manage the game, the Bengals, in a lot of ways. They never just let it go everywhere and, oh, we'll just come out and throw three bombs down the field, and if we hit one, great. If we don't, it's three and out. That's, that's not what they are. They're kind of a ball-control passing football team. And what I worry about with the simplicity is, like, it's simplicity, it's a West Coast offense, and Bill Belichick knows the West Coast offense as good as Zach Taylor. I mean, his life mission in the '80s was to stop Bill Walsh and the West Coast offense, and that's where I do worry about them having too many, you know, telltale signs as far as formations, or if this guy goes out, then this guy goes in, and predictability there to where the Patriots could be all over their stuff. But I think ultimately. You know, we've seen people be over the Bengals stuff. They get it done. It might be an ugly fashion. I don't think it's going to be a big statistical day for Burrow. But the real issue is the Patriots defense against that Bengals. Uh, Patriots offense or is that Bengals defense. I have a hard time thinking they're going to do much there. I'm going to go Bengals, Mike. And where the hell is my score here? 23-13 to 13, uh, getting the victory. So you have them winning. You have them covering. I'm putting more
2: points on the board for this one. I just have a weird feeling that they're going to find a way to score. 30-23 to 23 is the final. I don't have any faith in the Patriots because how do you come back from what happened in Las Vegas? They were away from home for a whole week, staying in Arizona. They beat the Cardinals in kind of a weird sluggish game. Then they lose in heartbreaking fashion to the Raiders. How do you coach out of them the mindset That settles in after that and I never got the impression that Bill Belichick was all that disturbed about what happened not nearly as disturbed as I thought he should be and you know we made the argument earlier this week it was his fault for not just taking a knee in that spot what are you doing running a play with three seconds left and no timeouts in a tie game when you're on your own 45 yard line that was where it all started so. Tough week to turn it around, and I think they recognize what's going to happen to them if they would get to the playoffs. It's going to be like it was last year, 47-17. So I think the Bengals win this one. They continue their push for potentially the one seed, maybe the two seed. If nothing else, the division title and the three seed, 30-23. to All right, Seahawks Chiefs. You were talking about this game earlier, Geno Smith versus Patrick Mahomes. Who would have thought we'd be enthralled by the possibility between the two of them? The Chiefs, however, are a 10-point favorites against the Seahawks team that is seeing its playoff Hopes begin to dwindle 49 over under. Do you like the Chiefs to cover this week,
3: Chris? Uh, like, I'm going to pick them to cover, but it's one that I, I wouldn't best bet. I wouldn't. I, I'm I excited for this game, as, you know, we talked about on PFT earlier today. I, I think this has, like, got a chance to be really exciting with a lot of fireworks and big plays. You know, one, we know the Seattle defense is not good, and Kansas City's offense is... It's next level. It's, it's really kind of unstoppable. I mean, Texans never stopped them last week. Yeah, they fumbled twice. You know, they had a few stupid penalties where you're like, wait, the running back's 20 yards downfield and you're 10 yards behind it. Why are you holding a guy? You know, things that are fixable, even though that sometimes it seems like they're a little annoying in how quick they take to fix some of those issues. But I expect a big day from Mahomes and company and their running game and everything. I mean, they got it all on that offense. But the other side of that story is you know, this is a game where I don't think, you know, Seattle, they're explosive. And as we've discussed, Geno and them, they look to push it down the field and make big plays in the past game. I know Kenneth Walker's status is kind of up in the air here, um, but, I, I, you know, the Chiefs defense – uh, I don't. I think they're going to have issues stopping Seattle. I don't think they're good enough up front with the Kansas City Chiefs to do what the 49ers did to Geno Smith last week, which is make him under pressure and have to get the ball out of his hand quickly just about the whole game to survive. He'll have some time to push the ball down the field here. I think it's high scoring. I think the weather is going to be okay. It's just going to be cold. I'm going to go 38-27 Chiefs, Mike.
2: You know, I, I... – I go back and forth on this one. I've got 30 to 21 Chiefs. I I just think the Seahawks can muster enough to prevent the Chiefs from covering the spread. That's really all it matters. It's the chiefs know what they're up against. They have to keep winning and hope the bills lose to the Bengals next Monday night, January 2nd to have a shot at the one seed. Mahomes told me Sunday, he's paying attention. He he accepts whatever seed they have, but he'd like to see the Bills lose. He was pulling for his old teammate Tyreek Hill to do a little bit more and knock off the Bills last Saturday night, but it wasn't to be and you know, they they need they're going to be playing the same time the Bills are this week. They need this one and I think they'll They'll continue what we've seen. That Seahawks defense is not impressing anybody. Um, I know Tariq Woolen has done very well, and he's made it to the Pro Bowl now as a rookie, and he's the next coming of Richard Sherman. But there's just too many weapons on that Chiefs offense, and they've got Patrick Mahomes. I think they get it done. They get the win. I still doubt that they'll cover. I think 10 is too much for this one. Giants at the Vikings. I originally had the Giants to win this game. Whoa, whoa. talked about it earlier on PFT Live because... Of the and the Vikings, by the way, four point favorites, but an over under a forty eight, and no weather issues there because obviously they play indoors. I worry about the Vikings being able to reset after the emotional come from behind win over the Colts, down thirty three nothing. But they've already been there; they've already learned what happens when you have that emotional victory, that uncanny win in Buffalo. They were discombobulated against a good Cowboys team, and they got the crap kicked out of them. That could happen that could happen. I I just think that they understand keenly the importance of getting that two seed because if they do win in the wild card round, they cannot afford to go back to San Francisco. Even though Kevin O'Connell wasn't the coach then, Kirk Cousins was the quarterback, a lot of the players were there, they understand what is waiting for them if they have to go to Levi's Stadium face the 49ers in the divisional round they need to run the table as best they can and who knows what's going to happen at green bay or at chicago those are still to come but this is the last one they can control this is the final home game of the regular season they're doing this white out thing where they're painting the end zones white and they're going to wear white on white and they want everybody to wear white and they're trying to make a big deal about the christmas eve game i just think they they just find a way it's another find a way game against a team that doesn't have a high end offense, doesn't have a high end defense. That's the Vikings right. should be able to score points. 27-24, probably some crazy shit that happens at the end, like we've seen in all these Viking games. But 27-24, they find a way to get it done. But but I'm hedging Giants cover.
3: Yeah, I I, I mean you you said a lot of right things. I, I think both offenses have a an advantage in this matchup. You're right about that. I think that the game's played straight up and clean on both sides. That Minnesota's still better and more dangerous. Minnesota's still, like, one of the greatest enigmas I have ever seen and, and I can remember in football. I mean, I, I've never seen an 11-3 and three football team have the worst defense in football, you know, be in the bottom quarter in points allowed in football, and your offense is 13th in football, and they're 11-3. and three. It It really is amazing but yeah i think you know the point you made is it's it's just not as as much as the vikings defense stinks the Giants aren't elite enough on that side of the ball to totally take advantage of it. I think they'll have success and move the football, and they should be able to run it and do what they normally do within their formula, right? Mike, quarterback run, Saquon Barkley, bootleg, RPO, all these little things that are right here, right? Because they don't have much to stretch the field or a passing game to do that. And then, you know, and then the defensive side of the ball – for the Giants the Vikings is scary too. They're not a good against the run, and not necessarily the Vikings are a great running team. But this is one of those where I think they could have a pretty good day, and now it makes the Giants be more aggressive and more man-to-man situations. And Justin, they have nobody that can cover Justin Jefferson, so uh, that's where I like the Vikings. I'm going to go twenty-eight to twenty. It's a good fun game, but I'll have the Vikings score a late touchdown to kind of put it out of the way.
2: And. And look, as far as the Vikings know, the Eagles are going to lose to the Cowboys. As far as the Vikings know, the Eagles aren't going to have Jalen Hurts until the playoffs. And there's still a path for the Vikings to get the one seed. If the Eagles lose their final three and the Vikings win their final three, the Vikings are the one seed. That's, that's as simple as it can be. So they they have a strong motivation, even though they've won their t-shirt and hat game and they're the division champions, there's still more work to be done to better position themselves on the playoff tree. That's what made me ultimately think they're going to find a way to get it done. The giants can afford to lose this one and still make the playoffs. That's crazy. Given that they won that game on Sunday night, if they had lost that game, I think they'd be more dangerous in this one because they would be getting down to their final chances. And, being leapfrogged by the Packers, the Lions, or someone like that. All right. Speaking of the Lions, they are in Carolina, where it's going to be the coldest game ever, based on current forecasts. In Charlotte, in the 20s at kickoff, 1 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. Lions are two and a half point favorites. They've climbed back to 500 after starting one and six. They're now seven and seven. The Panthers at five and nine still control their path to a division championship. Win the final three games, and they win the division. 44 point over under again, two and a half point favorites are the lions. Who do you like?
3: Well, you know, I, I respect the Panthers and what they've been doing and playing tough and all that. But uh, I just, I have a hard time thinking they can win this game. Uh, God bless you. And Justin and the fact, bless you again. And the fact that the, Thank you. the lions are, you know, they're hot. They are. And you know, the Panthers defense, I respect them. I do. They got a lot of things alike. I I mean, you know, we talked about it a little last week. There's talent across the board, but the one issue that, you know, they're not necessarily always great in is stopping the run. And and I, the Lions offense just has incredible balance. It can beat you any way. And then, you know, we've talked about the way Jared Goff is playing, the way Ben Johnson calls the game. It's It's really, across the board, it's one of the best offenses in the game. They just don't have, like, a superstar, superstar quarterback. So I don't think people are quite – giving it the attention it deserves. And then the Panthers offense is just not enough. It's not a good lions defense, but the one thing they've been really good at here since they've started this win streak is run defense. They got some big fuckers in the middle and it's hard to move them and they eat up space. I'm going to take the lions 27, 17 in this one, Mike, I've got 23, 20. I just, I, you know, the Panthers have played
2: well under Steve Wilkes with a bad team. And it's amazing they're in position to make it to the playoffs. But the amazing. Lions have shown so much more in recent weeks. And, you know, they go on the road and they beat the Jets at MetLife Stadium. They beat the Giants at MetLife Stadium. They manhandle the Vikings. They don't even give the Vikings a chance to have that late horseshoe up their ass moment. They, they just are taking care of business and getting it done. And you made a great point earlier today about Jared Goff. Historically, he's played poorly in the cold. But he's played better in the cold. Now he's living in the cold like you said even though they're in a dome they're outdoors you're around it you get acclimated to it when you're in la you don't it's a shock when you right. go to a place exactly. like that right. when you live in detroit it's not nearly as shocking and i assume they practice outside from time to they time do because yes. they know they're going to be playing outside right. yeah so uh it's a different vibe altogether i think they'll be fine Twenty-three twenty, barely cover lions win move to eight and seven and they'll be a dangerous team in the postseason a couple more in the early window Saints at the Browns with an over-under of thirty-two and a half, which would be the lowest since 2010 when Buffalo beat the Colts with an over-under of 32, 30-to-7. Browns are two-and-a-half point favorites against the Saints. Saints are five and nine, still alive for the AFC South. Browns still alive for a wild-card berth. Who do you like? Well, I I, I like the Browns. I said AFC South. I meant NFC. Yeah, we got Arrino. you. Here we got you.
3: Happy holidays to all of you out there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but um, the, I, I, I do like the Browns. I think the Browns are kind of building something here. And, you know, the one is I, I've liked, you know, the fact that they've been actually a hair more conservative too lately. I, I think this is instead of all the Stefanski go for it on fourth down and do all this stuff – I feel like since they've had Deshaun Watson, they've all they've gone like, let's just play conservative and we'll run the ball at high percentage passes. And our defense, which is the really one of the key reasons I'm going to pick them to win the game, their defense is playing damn good football here as of late. I mean, it has. It's it's really ever since the Miami game where they got torn apart, they've been pretty damn good. I mean, Josh Allen and Buffalo, they had their issues there for a long time. I know, beating the Buccaneers, they didn't let them go off. They played good against the Texans. They gave Joe Burrow and the Bengals issues. So uh, and then, of course, Baltimore last week I, and and they can run the ball. And the Saints, it's not the same defense we've seen in years past. I'm going to take the Browns 23 to 20 at home, kind of feeling a vibe right now. I think they gut it out and win this one.
2: Yeah, look, I, I agree with you on that. The Saints got their win last week over the Falcons. I just don't think that show travels well on the road. It frustrates the hell out of me that they don't use Taysom Hill more than they should. Mm -hmm. Threw a touchdown pass last week. Use him more. Andy Dalton's not getting it done. Dennis Allen's not getting it done. You know, there's actually been some some rumblings from legitimate, credible columnists and reporters who follow the Saints about Sean Payton coming back, which I don't think is going to happen. I think Payton wants to... Try to win a Super Bowl with another team. Right. I don't see him going back. Although Tom Brady and Sean Payton with the Saints in twenty twenty three would be something if that worked out. Uh, Browns, where is my score here? Browns, 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 twenty to seventeen. Browns win the game. Um, I mean, and yeah, I mean they, yeah, you know, it's, it. it's it's right. it's like you said, it's grind it out, it's run the ball, it's play good defense, it's get the Saints out of their dome. Into some bad elements, and it just feels like a game the Browns are going to win. This is this is as basic pasta and meatballs as it gets.
3: I think so. They're they're a ball. They're, they're second in football and controlling the clock. You know, so you, that defense too. They don't let up a lot of big plays. That's the way. That's that's to me team football. It's kind of what I, I feel like they should have been doing all along. Instead of being the analytics aggressive, go for it on fourth down all the time. No, kick the field goal. Play defense. Drive down a long time again. Maybe kick a field goal again. You know, and hey, to your point with the Sean Payton thing, like I, I know people have said that, but like that would be the shocker, of shocker. I mean, the, the, if he went back to the Saints, the, the Saints—that to me would be like one of the most unappealing jobs in the sport right now. It just seems like everything is about to crash and burn. They're all their good players for the most part are older and aging, and. You know, there's issues across the board. They don't have a quarterback of the future on the roster right now. Uh, I just I, I don't think that any established head coach is going to look at the Saints and go, I want to go there because I think I can make a run for it for the next few years. So that's where I would be shocked if that happened. Yeah, I agree with you. And, look,
2: they had a great run for an extended period of time. They got so close to the Super Bowl the past few years. They had those heartbreaking losses. They kept coming back. It was like the Bills in their four Super Bowl appearances, one level down. They continue to have good regular seasons, continue to get to the playoffs, continue to have their hearts ripped out and shown to them. But it's a different vibe now. And you wonder how long Dennis Allen is going to last, and you wonder how much longer they can make this salary cap magic last that Mickey Loomis seems to pull off every year. At some point, the roster is going to show the wear and tear for it. All right. Texans at the Titans. No Ryan Tannehill. Titans are now only three point favorites. Texans have played the Cowboys tough, played the Chiefs tough, took them to overtime, took the Cowboys to the limit. Can the Texans knock off the Titans and get win number two of the season, or do the Titans stay on track to win the AFC South? Chris, over under, by the way, 35.5.
3: Yeah, I think it's going to be low scoring. You know, that's one where I looked at, and I don't, you know, well, even with the spread where it was with Tannehill playing, I was kind of like shocked. I mean, I put a little star next to it because I was like, this might be a best bet for me. It it, it might, but it, I don't think it will be anymore. I'm still going to take the Titans to win the game. I'm going to take them 17 to 10. I think that they're going to be able to run the ball. I'd be shocked now that they know they got to go forward. The Malik Willis for the, the long term here, that there isn't more of a, you know, package and a bunch of plays as far as the run game design to the quarterback that are made for him that way, you know, and, and I think they'll start to really tailor things around him more as in last time it was like, oh, well, you're only going to be playing for a game and or a game and a half and we're not going to change too much and that's it. Uh, I, that's where I think it'll be different and I just don't think the Texans will be able to run the ball on this group here. So ugly, tough titans type of game 17 10 win i agree
2: with you i think the titans need this one desperately mike frable needs to start worrying the guy who was the coach of the year last year at some level you saw the owner abruptly fire the gm and since then you haven't won a game and you haven't won a game since the thursday night at lambeau field five weeks ago at some point you got to win a damn game at some point you got to do something to make the owner think you know what Instead of giving Mike Vrabel the keys to the car and hiring a GM who will support him, I'm just going to hire a GM and let the GM decide what to do with the coach, or I'm just going to clean house and start from scratch with somebody else. I'm not saying she will. I'm not saying she should, but you got to worry about it. At some point you got to win football games. That's what it's about. It's production-based. He'd been producing until the last few months, a few weeks. I think they'll get it done. 20-16 to 16 is the score that I just kind of pulled out of thin air on this one. So they cover, they win. They stay at least a game ahead of the Jaguars based upon what happens Thursday night at MetLife Stadium. So I like the Titans in this one. But but this is not going to be a best bet for me. I, the Texans have shown me something. And to Lovey Smith's credit, you know, everybody just assumes he's going to get fired after one year. How many times can you fire the coach after one year? And I think Lovey Smith has a strong argument to be made on his behalf. You got people in and around the Broncos trying to defend Nathaniel Hackett, saying even though their record sucks, they haven't quit, they haven't given up. Well, the Texans are worse, and they haven't given
3: up. And have less talent. They haven't given up at all. And way less talent. I mean, I I agreed with you there. Agreed. A hundred percent. I mean, they don't have a quarterback. They don't have a marquee receiver. They don't have a marquee D lineman. They have two young guys. They got
2: Damian Pierce, and he's not even there anymore. Exactly he's right. Injured.
3: I mean, they got two young guys in the secondary and Jalen Petrie, and, and, you know, their first rounder from LSU, who's been hurt anyways, that are like, you know, bright spots for the future. But, like, what, what did anybody expect? Like, that, that that's to, to your point. What did they expect? I mean, fuck. You could put Bill Belichick down with the Texans. <laughs> okay, they're two and nine and one. Like it's there's there's not enough there to make it happen, at least in my opinion.
2: Yeah, you know it's funny you mentioned Belichick because as I try to think through the machinations of what happens in New England if they don't make it to the playoffs or if they do and get the shit kicked out of them in the opening round like last year, the Texans would be a team if they just make it known the Patriots make it known he's available. I could see the Texans being a team that would at least consider trying to make a move because Nick Casario's down there. But even then, Belichick would have to say...
3: Bill Bill ain't going down there. Bill is Coverage bear. Right. I think Bill's staying with the... the, If that ever happened, he'll stay with the, the powerhouses in the Northeast or the old traditional teams. I believe he's into that.
2: They're playing us off. They're playing a song how with dare this they? shitty synth-pop Christmas music. <laughs> oh, oh, how dare you? We'll be back how dare you? more right after this. I wish you all my Christmas.
0: <laughs> Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at BP.com slash investing in America.
1: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
4: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the Filet-O-Fish Sandwich all day. Hey, Fragile!
2: That's a major <laughs> award. Uh. I haven't watched that start to finish this year. That's very disturbing. And thank God my hairline has held up. When I was a kid, I assumed that's how I'd look by now, but thanks to the magic of modern technology, not yet. Not yet. Maybe eventually, not yet. All right, Chris Sims on Button PFTPM. Two games, late afternoon Christmas Eve and the Christmas Eve game. Let's get through these. Commanders 49ers, a game that we think deserves a bigger platform than it's going to get. The 49ers are seven-point favorites. The Commanders are getting desperate after losing at home and getting screwed late a couple of times on Sunday night by the officials all due respect. 38 over under. I assume you like the 49ers to win. I do. Do you like them to cover?
3: Yeah, you know what? I, I don't. I don't. I think it's close. It certainly won't be a best bet here or anything like that. But, I don't know. I won the desperation factor real like you're talking about with the commanders. It's must win uh, Two, I think they have some aspects about their team that, that can make life hard on the 49ers and especially with the defensive line. And I think this is one of those games where like, yeah, backs against the wall. The coach is going to be like, Hey, D line. Hey, Alabama killers in the middle Montez sweat. Like you guys got to dominate or you got to play really well or we got no chance. I think they'll answer the bell. I do, and I think that gives them some flexibility to stop some of the other stuff in that offense. Uh, it's, this 49ers O-line and run game has gotten legit, so they better be you know, on their P's and Q's if they want to get this one going. And, uh, you know, it, the, the, the Niners defense, we know how special it is, but I think Washington runs the ball well enough and has enough of a creative pass game to where I think they'll put a few drives together here in this one. Uh, I'm going to take the 49ers. 17-13 to 13 in this one, Mike. I'm going to go with a low-scoring wow. one. Oh, yeah. Wow. You know, you've got
2: me doubting what I've already picked, but I don't want to do that because yeah. my to me. first instincts have worked more often than not. 24-10 49ers. I just feel like they are ascending to that status yeah. of dominant team. Yeah. Plays well, plays hard. The only concern is, and Nick Bosa talked about it this week, they're never going to turn it off. They're going to go out there on the field and they're going to try to kick your ass on every play. The problem is sometimes they get their own ass kicked because they play so hard and they play with that reckless abandon, no hesitation, as you say, that they say within the building, no hesitation. That's the concern. Will they get guys injured before the postseason? But they're going to continue to try to grab that brass ring. They're still eligible for the number one overall seed. They want to get the two seed away from the Vikings. They know the value of playing those games at home. And I think that they, and I think they'd like to deliver a dagger to the Commanders, just just so they understand. You don't have an, if you would come back here at some point in the postseason, yeah. you got no chance. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I just I th- and, and you know that that, that whole t- whatever Ron Rivera was trying to do with Taylor Heineke whether it was inadvertent, whether it was intentional. I think his faith is going to be a little shaken. I think he's starting to feel the hook is coming out his way. Carson Wentz may get back in the game. I, I don't think that's going to help. I think the, the 49ers are going to win this one by a couple of touchdowns, 20 40. I, I don't, right, I, That's I was, the four oh five PM
3: 5 yeah. p.m.
2: Eastern game. Go ahead.
3: You're not crazy with that. I, in full transparency, Mike, the first score I wrote down in the game was 23-13. Then I made it 23-16. Then I went 20-16. to and then I went 17 to 13. So I was all over the place at this one. You know, there, I, I, I guess I'm playing more the angle of desperation and the 49ers taking a big breath of like, oh, we won the West. We, won on, we look good in Seattle. And then maybe just slightly falling asleep at the wheel here. Clearly the better team to everything you're saying. I'm just going with that little human element of like falling asleep at the wheel here. I just think
2: those badass roughnecks on their team. Can't I know turn you. It off.
3: Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I know you. You could be right All about right. that.
2: Eagles, Cowboys, and it is now official. Gardner Minshew will start. On late Saturday afternoon in Dallas, a game that we've been looking forward to for weeks. It's lost a lot of its luster. The Cowboys are four-and-a-half-point favorites because Jalen Hurts isn't playing. There was that moment earlier in the week where the line started to move before we knew Hurts was injured. Inside information available to the bookies, and they make it work in their favor. Over under 47. Uh... Do you like the Cowboys to hold on? I mean, they've they've kind of been all over the place lately. Can they get focused on the Eagles even without Jalen Hurts on the field?
3: Uh, I mean, that doesn't change my thought a whole lot. You know, it doesn't in a lot of ways. Philadelphia is better than the Eagles. Philadelphia is a great team. They're a great team. There's going to be elements that they miss with Jalen Hurts. He makes them even better. I get that. There's no doubt. He's He's amazing in a lot of ways. But... I, I don't still look at it and go, oh no, the formula is so disrupted they won't be the same out there. No way. They'll just they'll rely maybe on the drop back pass game a hair more. Where Gardner Minshew's very good, you know, like you talked about earlier on PFT today. Last year he played against the Jets late in the season. He tore them up. I mean, and the Jets defense was was pretty good towards the end of the year last year. He tore them up like it was nothing, and that's because they're so good in so many other spots. And Dallas being a small defense, right? And small defense, got to deal with, like, we are got to load the box to stop the run game. And then you still got one-on-one matchups on the outside. I'm, you know, I am know the Cowboys will be motivated. I think the Eagles' defense is better now than it played that, that Dallas earlier in the year. I think they actually do more stuff on the defensive side of the ball, too, to put more pressure on you and dominate. I'm going to take the Eagles to win the game regardless. I don't care. I'm going Eagles 23-20 on the road in Dallas to to officially let them know they are the kings of the NFC and the kings of the NFC East. I still have a vivid,
2: vivid recollection of walking into the viewing room at NBC week one 2019 season, and there was a little pop quiz. Who's the backup quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars? That was the year that Nick Foles arrived as the starter. And I didn't know. Most people didn't know. And it turned out to be Gardner Minshew. And, of course, my reaction was, since I can't watch a whole lot of college football because I'm usually traveling on Saturdays, who the fuck is Gardner Minshew? We found out that day. He came in against the Chiefs for Nick Foles because he broke a collarbone. He was great as a rookie. He was pretty good in his second year, but not good enough to keep the Jaguars from being horrible. And they earned the number one overall pick. And out he went. My point is this. He's in a contract year. The guy's better than he gets credit for. The Eagles stole him for a six-round pick. This is his opportunity. This is it. Big stage, big spot. He's going to come out and play well. And the Cowboys had better not get off Kilder at all. Now, I'm going to split the baby on this one. I'm yeah. going to pick the Cowboys to win but not cover 24-20. But I'm not going to be surprised if the Eagles win this one. Right. I just right. can't muster – the. because I feel like for the Cowboys, one of the reasons they stubbed their toe against the Texans and shit the bed against the Jaguars – was because they were thinking about this game. I think they're all in for this game, and they're not going to lose focus of of what it takes to win, but I still think the Eagles keep it close with Gardner Minshew. So 24-20, Dallas wins the game. We go to the Saturday night game, the Immaculate Reception return game, 50 years and a day after the Immaculate Reception happened, just a few days after the shocking passing of Frank O'Hara. Steelers are two-and-a-half-point favorites, over-under of 38-and-a-half. Weather is going to be an issue in in Pittsburgh on Saturday night. Chris, you know, you and I were talking about this earlier. I think we both expect the Steelers to rise up in honor of the memory of Franco Harris. The, I'm surprised this this line hasn't moved because I think the Steelers are going to do everything they can. You know, on, on on an otherwise kind of potentially sluggish night when it's cold and you're thinking about other things, you think about the holiday, and you're thinking about your lost season, they're going to be thinking about going out there and doing justice to Franco Harris. And, yeah. and uh, so I've kind of... I've kind of gone into well, the, go
3: ahead. the lead. On Who are you going to take even, it? Go ahead. Go keep going.
2: I got the Steelers. Yeah. I, I got the Steelers. I've got the Steelers 24 to 17. It could be worse than that. You know, the Raiders, it's that same mindset with the Vikings. You pull the rabbit out of the hat. Emotional game. Can you reset quickly? And I think the Raiders understand what's gone on. The history of the immaculate reception game. I know they pride themselves on being the villains, but I mean, it's kind of of a Pittsburgh night. It's kind of a Franco-Harris night. And I know that that that's not anything anyone's going to consciously be thinking of because they want to try to make it to the playoffs. They have their own agendas that they want to advance. But it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for the Raiders to overcome this one, especially in the elements. And the Steelers are going to be fired up. They're going to be ready to go. I hope a lot of people can show up and make it to that one despite their Christmas Eve plans. Steelers win 24-17.
3: Yeah, listen, I, I, I hear you. I do. I mean, I think everything you said there is very real. It is. I I just – I don't know if I can pull the trigger on it from the fact of – because I want to take the Steelers off of all the things you said. But I think what scares me is that I I think this is a tough matchup for the Steelers' defense. I do. I think they're going to have a hard time slowing down the run game of Josh Jacobs. I think that's going to make them have to play some pass coverages they don't love to play. They're not great at that. Waller is back. I, 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 That's where I worry. I do worry that the Raiders will be able to consistently move the ball on the Steelers' defense. And then I don't know if the Steelers' offense is good enough or complex enough to really take advantage of an average Raiders' defense. So as much as I want to go with it because of the Franco Harris thing and all this, I'm just going to go with my football stuff here and just go with what I think in X's and O's, and I could end up being very wrong on this. I'm going to take the Raiders to pull off the upset here and go win this one 20-17 on the road, uh, despite my gut and my heart wanting to pick the Steelers because of the Franco-Harris thing, so I'm going to take a risk here.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, this is ultimate pasta and meatballs, and it's fitting because Franco's mother was Italian, Um, so uh I, I, You're stepping on a rake with this one, but that's okay. I know. I, no I know. It helps me helps me maintain my lead. <laughs> and it gives me a reason. It gives me a reason to watch the game on Christmas Eve because that's a swing game for us, both straight up and against the spread. All right. Um, let's take a break. Let's do Three that. Three games on Christmas Day, plus the Monday night football game between the Chargers and the Colts. We'll do that when PFTPM and Chris on Unbutton continues right after this. Chris unbuttoned. VFTVM. <laughs> Shitters Ball. Shitters
3: Ball! Merry
2: Christmas! Uh, Shitters Ball! That's quite a robe.
3: That's oh, quite a robe. Doesn't is. a
2: robe go a little bit longer than I, that? You'd, I mean.
3: you'd like it to, yes. Uh, it's it's yes. That's, yes. That's still a classic scene there. It really is. I love all the, the reindeers know, with the their qual- antlers chopped off and everything there in the trash. <laughs> Let me, let me just say that the
2: quality of the Photoshop there on par with the Donald Trump trading cards. I will say that. Uh, <laughs> all right. Funny. Let's move on before we get ourselves in any more trouble than we usually do. Patriots and Dolphins, or Packers and Dolphins. Patriots and Dolphins still to come later in the season. Packers and Dolphins is the Christmas Day game at 1 p.m. Trouble for Green Bay. They beat the Bears. Big deal. They beat the Rams. Big deal. Both games at home. Now they got to go to Miami. Dolphins team that has lost three in a row and impressed a lot of people in their most recent defeat. This is it for the Dolphins. This is the time to shine. And I know the Packers are trying to thread the needle and get into the playoffs, but Chris, I think we both kind of see this as an opportunity for some redemption for a Dolphins team that's fallen off in recent weeks. The Dolphins are favored by four over under, which seems ridiculously high given all these others that are in the 30s, 49 and a half on Sunday at one o'clock in Miami.
3: Yeah, well, I can see that i'm I'm kind of picking a I'm picking the over as far as the way this goes you know and and yeah you know nice two wins by the Packers this is a totally different animal, especially when they're at home in Miami and it's high fly and fast track you know where they're meant to be playing and we know this is a Green Bay defense that's just it's it's not as good as we thought it's it's disappointing you know I think the talent on the defense has been overrated in my opinion. that would be the biggest thing i would I would talk about. You know, I know they got some names that are household names, but I just don't think they're as good as maybe their contracts or what everybody talks about there. They don't stop the run, which is scary. Miami's become good enough at running the football here now where you got to respect it, and that means other things are going to open up. Uh, So so I, I expect the Dolphins offense to move the ball on the Packers. Here's my only thing that scares me at all about this, Mike. I love Miami's defense. I don't care where it statistically is. You see, you know, again, we've seen them against some really good offenses and quarterbacks. They give you problems. They're aggressive. They give you nothing easy. And I don't think the RPOs in the short pass game will be there for Rodgers. They're not going to be able to rely on that. But what I do get scared about is Miami being a little too aggressive at times, playing man-to-man, you know, against this group. They have not and I'm just racking through my brain here real quick, they have not seen anybody as fast as Christian Watson other than the guy that's on their own team and Tyreek Hill. If they get up in the face of Christian Watson too many times, he is going to catch some bombs down the field. And that's been their only way to really create big plays in the past game. Um, so that does scare me. But I'm, picking the, I'm taking the Dolphins 31-20, to 20, Mike. I, I think they'll control the game.
2: Yeah, I've got the Dolphins 34-27. I just think the Packers' defense won't be able to slow down this offense. It'll be a great opportunity for them to rebuild some confidence. Mike McDaniel knows what he's doing in that in that offense, get it going, call the right plays at the right time, put Tua tonga in a position to succeed, and good luck Packers chasing around Tyreek Hill. And also Jalen Waddell's going to be a little motivated because he got snubbed for the Pro Bowl. Jamar Chase missed more than a month. And he got in instead of Jalen Waddle. And Waddle's got over 1,100 receiving yards. Yeah, it's a so that's surprising. Just, yeah, that's something to watch this weekend. Some of these guys that are, you know, you, you find your motivation wherever you can. and right. You find it uh, in that, a little bit of it. All right. A couple of games that uh, somebody was very naughty to end up getting on the schedule Broncos at the Rams, <laughs> two and a half point favorites. Uh, the, uh, the Denver Broncos, real quickly, because who cares? Uh, who do you like in this one?
3: <laughs> yeah, the sucky bowl. The Broncos versus the Rams. I, I mean, the Broncos' defense is still real. I don't think the Rams are going to be able to move the ball in them. I'm going to take a 20-16 to 16 ugly win by the Broncos. Twenty-four twenty Rams gut feeling. Baker Mayfield versus
2: Russell Wilson. A little Bobby Wagner thrown in as well. So we disagree on that one. Bucks are seven and a half point favorites against the Cardinals in the night game. Forty and a half over under. Do you see any way that the Cardinals, with Trace McSorley, can beat the Bucks, who who <laughs> can't beat many teams generally?
3: <laughs> well, I mean, the only way I see it, and this is what's scary because it's a real possibility, is the Bucks pissing down their leg like they did last week. I mean, they're capable of going on the field and, and a half and turning the ball over three out of the five drives. I mean, that's what's amazing. But yes, I, I can't imagine the Cardinals can move the ball on this Bucks defense, who's somewhat healthy here. Uh, so I'm going Bucks 24 to nine on the road.
2: I've got 20 to 10 Tampa Bay Buccaneers and uh, it may not be that close, but the Bucs trying to get to the playoffs. And as I've said before, once they get there, things get very interesting. Monday night football, gets interesting because it's the chargers who could clinch a playoff spot this weekend. They are alive again, four and a half point favorites against the Colts who are trotting out Nick Foles on St. Nick's big weekend. It's Nick Foles, big chance to show that he's still got it. Monday night, four and a half points again, chargers. uh,
3: Who do you got? Well, uh, I, I like the Chargers here, but I I think it's a little scary. I think the Colts match up pretty well with them. You know, again, we, we saw last day, the Colts defense is, it's pretty damn good, right? And I don't know, maybe their 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 hearts and souls were torn out by the, the, the blowing of that lead there. But it, it, to me, it's, again, you've discussed this a few times this week. I don't. I don't know if the Chargers do enough schematically to just scare the Colts. I think the Colts, and this is my problem with the Chargers, and why I thought Tennessee might beat them last week. It's a passing game that's very easy to break down. It has telltale tendencies and I think that's where that can be scary against that crew, let alone with Nick Foles on offense, I think can change the dynamics of how they approach, maybe open the field up a little bit, and maybe open their run game. I'm going to take the Chargers to win, but I think this is one where you know the, the, the Colts hang around. I'm going to take uh, Chargers 24-20 to in this one, Mike. Um, okay, you have the Colts barely covering. Yeah. I
2: got 28-21 because I think that Jeff Saturday has proven – to us multiple times in big spots that he He's is capable the guy. of doing something that'll screw everything up hey Jeff you tried you won your first game but since then they haven't won a single time all right we'll take a break when we return speaking of guys who can't win our best bets where we have been horrible this year maybe the Christmas spirit will overcome us and we'll get them right we'll do them next year on PFTPM and Chris Sims button
4: The
2: FTPM Chris Sims unbuttoned. <laughs> oh man! Oh, that's amazing. Now that is disturbing. Why did it put Sims' face? Why am I Thurman Merman? I, I just Why don't would I, fit. If anything, I don't fit. <laughs> if, if anything, I would be Billy Bob Thornton in that. In that, uh, my, I, over, I, I pretend to not like Christmas. I love Christmas and I love sandwiches. So yes, you should fix me some sandwiches with the usual amount of lettuce. All right, best bets time. We're gonna fix hopefully hopefully something that would allow you to buy some sandwiches. Chris, give me your first one for the week. I'm
3: going with the Lions. I, I just it just doesn't seem right to me. You know, I know Carolina's defense has been better and. You know, they have a run game, but I don't think that matches up against the Lions. And I think the spread is this way because of, like, it's just still not a belief and Jared Goff on the road. And I think the cold weather plays in the Lions' favor. I'm going the Lions. Uh, They are the favorites by two and a half, and I got them winning by ten. Browns
2: over the Saints, two and a half point. Even though I picked 20 to 17, I think the Browns. We'll be able to put the clamps on the Saints. The Saints aren't going to be very happy out in the cold in uh, northeast, northeast Ohio. And uh, I think the Browns are taking care of business and still
3: alive in the playoff. Chase, next one, Chris. All right. I'm going to somewhere I haven't gone in a long time. But I'm feeling it this week, and I'm going to ride it. I'm taking it over. And I'm taking the over in that Chief Seahawks game. I'm going to go with it. You know, the over-under for the game is 49 points. I got it 38-27, which is way over. Uh, I just I think this is going to end up being a shootout with a lot of big plays in the pass game and the run game, so I'm going there next.
2: Next one for me, the 49ers on Saturday afternoon, seven-point favorites over the Commanders. I, again, as long as these 49ers are healthy, I think they're going to kick the shit out of anyone and everyone. All right, one more.
3: I'm, I'm taking the Dolphins. Well, screw the Packers. I don't believe in it. I mean, the wow. team. Yeah, I just don't. They're not on the same level as the Dolphins. Dolphins at home, get back on track type of game. We're at home, warm weather, fast track. Dolphins. Steelers.
2: Christmas Eve. Steelers. I, Chris, I feel I'm bad rooting against, against you. That's not even. I feel instinct. bad. Yeah. Well. Well, you'll jerk. be passed out anyway. It's Christmas Eve. <laughs> go take your nap after, after hitting your bong. All right, uh, Folsom Prison Blues pick Chiefs. I assume Chiefs. No, no. Not you know what? I'm we had said anybody
3: playing the Texans. I know. I'm going to go with the Cardinals losing the Bucks. I'm taking the Bucks over the Cardinals.
2: I'll take the Chiefs beating the Seahawks. Merry Christmas. Be, be safe. Look be at smart. you. You Have damn grin. See you soon. Make
3: him a sandwich.